0: Hi, and welcome to Where the White Coats Come Off podcast. We are Katie and Beth, PAs and doctors of medical science who are here to help you get accepted into PA school, get through PA school, and then have a thriving career as a PA. So if you are a pre-PA, a PA student, or a physician assistant, then you are in the right place. We are so happy you are here and so excited for your future. If these episodes are helpful for you, definitely share them with a pre-PA student friend and share the love. Now, on to today's episode with Claudia and Daryl from PA Cat. Join us in giving them a warm welcome. Thank you guys so much again for coming on to our podcast. And we are just honored to have you Thank here. You. And to our listeners, we'd like to introduce Claudia and Daryl. Thank you so much for coming. And they are with PA Cat.
1: Thank you. I'm Daryl Fisher, I am a customer service representative within Exam Master which offers the PA CAT exam. My name
2: yes. is Claudia. I'm the, the Director of Client Services with Exam Master, and we work with PA candidates. We work with PA programs. So we both kind of do a little bit of everything. So, awesome. so thanks for having us on.
3: Yes, we're so happy to have you here today. We get tons of questions from pre pa students about the PA CAT. Um, and you guys are such a great resource, and so we just want to talk all about the test and kind of the background. So to start off, can you give us a little bit of background uh, about the origin of the PA CAT?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the PA had... The, the whole idea of the PA kit actually didn't originate um, in, in PAs, uh, PA programs. So, the whole idea originated in pharmacies and kind of turned into a larger project. So, pharmacy programs um, were trying to gauge readiness of incoming cohorts. And they approached us asking if we could create an exam that would help them gauge those areas that they might struggle in so that they could, you know, immediately help them, maybe even prior to them coming into the program. So, we, we created an exam for them to use on their incoming cohort you right and you know, the medical community talks. So PA programs were hearing about that exam and asked if they could also use it. And obviously that exam wouldn't have worked for PA programs. So we kind of redesigned the exam, made sure it, it fits their needs. And then PA programs used it also on their incoming cohorts, but then eventually turned into the question of, is this an exam that we could even move on you know, to the admissions side of things before they even come into the program so that we can identify candidates' strengths and weaknesses that we can work with them prior to coming into to PA school or that we, I don't know about, about you guys, but, but you know, undergraduate that first semester wasn't my greatest semester, but that's all they have to look at. They can only look at your GPA. So it would have given a student like myself the opportunity to say, "Like, hey, listen, my first semester wasn't my greatest, but that doesn't mean I don't know the prerequisite material. That turned into a whole research project that we started with about 38 PA programs. So we started a research project with 38 PA programs where we launched kind of like a trial version of the PA exam, a pilot version of it. And those PA programs administered it to their incoming cohort or their interviewed candidates. We analyzed the data that came from there. But obviously, at some point, you reach the point of, okay, we're either going to stay within this research project or we're going to take the next step. And bring it to market. We talked to believe a total of like seventy different PA programs, admissions officers, you know, PA program directors, and decided to then go into the market with the PA with the PA Cat. And it long last May.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I can totally resonate with that. My first year of undergrad, I had a lot of fun and didn't do nearly as much (laughs) studying as I needed to do. So that would have been a, a great resource way back then. Do you have a panel who develops and reviews the questions? And how does that work? How does question development work?
2: Yes, we do. So the the questions are developed by subject matter experts. So they're all PhDs. That some of them teach in those areas, some of them don't. But they they're obviously they're PhDs in those areas, and they write those questions. Those questions then goes through a review process within another group of subject matter experts that look at the question to ensure that the information is correct, that it is written appropriately, etc. And from there, it actually goes to our exam development committee, and that exam development committee also consists of subject matter experts, PA program directors, admissions directors, so people that are intimately involved in the PA admissions process, so that this way they can take another look at the question and make sure that this question is really what a PA candidate needs to know in order to succeed in a PA program. The PA-CAT exam has a total of 240 questions. And just like other exams that are out there, not all of those questions are scored. right? So out of those 240 questions, we have 40 trial questions in there that we collect data on to ensure that it is a well-written question and that students are performing the way they're expected to perform on those questions. And once we've vetted enough questions, collected enough data on it, that's when we give the okay stamp on those questions and they will then go into the next PA-CAT exam.
3: And I know you said you brought to market about a year ago, and mm-hmm. you get questions some students all the time, it seems like a lot of programs have actually already adopted this as part of the admissions process, so were the first programs to adopt this, were they part of your trial group, and how have you seen it kind of grow even just over this last year?
2: Yes, so the first programs that adopted it were part of that that trial, that were part of that research project. And from there on out, it's really snowballed. So, you know, some programs are requiring it. Some programs are recommending that, that candidates take the exam. So it really depends on what works best for their admissions process. Some programs will never require it because it simply doesn't work for what they're doing. Whereas others, they want to require it in order to give students a leg up, for example, that maybe didn't have a leg up during their undergraduate studies. So maybe the school they went who didn't have the toughest of undergraduate science programs. And that's one of those things that PA programs know, right? So if they're comparing two candidates, they each have the same GPA, they each have the same exact background, and it comes down to you know choosing between those two candidates, what are they going to do? They're going to choose the one where they know the undergraduate uh, program had a tougher science curriculum. So, But now that other student has the opportunity to say, hey, you know what, I, I do know myself. So you know it, it really some programs are are utilizing it in that way. So it really depends on how they're doing it. And I think right now we have we have just about thirty schools that are using it officially, and we're talking to quite a few others who are looking to roll it out over the next three years or so. They're making slowly making adjustments to their admissions process so that you know they have all their ducks in their own that they can then implement it either as recommended or mandated.
0: So many programs require the GRE. What do you think the benefit is of the PA CAT over the GRE? So the GRE is a great exam. I remember having to take it back in the days too. It's but
2: it doesn't fit medical education as is, is. The, the feedback that we have received from programs, that, you know, the, that the GRE score really is not necessarily a reflection of their undergraduate knowledge. And when it comes to PA programs, candidates have to be able to hit the ground running in that undergraduate knowledge, because otherwise they're going to struggle and nobody wants to see that, because in the worst case scenario, that, that student that's struggling is going to drop out with a mountain of student debt.
1: The G R E is not as helpful and it's not as specific into the knowledge that the PA cat is going to be able to assess.
2: So in a way it really covers stuff that those candidates already know and that they've already gone through in their classes. So it's nothing that they wouldn't have seen at some point right? Now, it's not a knowledge recall test. It it requires them to apply that knowledge. But, you know, it covers the the areas that are required by most paid programs. And I think, Daryl, you can speak about those areas a little bit more as to what's included on that exam, right?
1: Oh, yes. The areas that are included on the exams when it comes to the subject areas and topics that are included, anatomy, physiology, general biology, biochemistry, general and organic chemistry, microbiology, behavioral sciences, genetics, and statistics.
3: Yeah, I think you guys kind of hit it on the head when you said it's very science-based, it's very medically based, the things that you are asking about are very science-oriented. And Claudia had mentioned that like, hey, some schools probably have a little bit more rigorous science curriculum than other schools. So what kind of tips do you have for students that are going to take the PA CAT this cycle or next cycle? What do you recommend they study? How do you recommend they go about preparing for this test?
1: What we recommend as PA CAT, first of all, let me break down the study resources that we actually offer. We offer two 120 question PA CAT practice exams, and then we offer this 30 plus hours of video subject learning modules with practice questions and quizzes. And we also offer the nine-subject 3200-plus question bank for self-assessment quiz creation and the nine-subject specific practice exams on those nine topics that I mentioned earlier. So the first thing that we want to do with starting our study is to figure out what our weaknesses are. So we want to first take that practice exam from PA CAT to assess any weaknesses that we may have in any subject area. And then we want to start 30 plus hours of video subject learning modules to actually be able to learn what those study areas are and learn what those weaknesses are. And then we want to go off into our question banks or our non-specific practice exams, whatever you feel like you need to study in more.
0: And that's all included with the price of the exam?
1: All of these options are included within the study resources and are included in that two hundred and twenty eight dollar PA yeah. purchase and registration.
0: So that's so generous. That's really great study material. Claudia, I want to touch on something you said just a minute ago. You said that they still have to apply the apply the material that they know. So is there critical thinking involved in it too? It's not just recall.
2: Yeah, so we talked to PA program as to, you know, what they were looking for in terms of assessing those candidates Um, and the feedback that we got from the programs that we spoke with was that they are looking for questions that are written at a higher level that do require some critical thinking and the application of that knowledge. Now, the study resources that Daryl just mentioned are there to help them refresh the the knowledge that they maybe you know that maybe it's not as present anymore because they took those classes a couple of semesters ago, or maybe it's really been a while that they've been in school because we have quite a few applicants to PA programs that have been out of school for for a while. So that's why we're offering those study resources as part of the the application fee, and we'll always offer some sort of quality study resource because we want to make sure that, you know, candidates that have been out of school for a while have something that they can use or that candidates that don't have the money to spend, you know, on a, on a weekend-long prep course, uh, that they have something they can use that's useful to them in order to, to kind of get ready for that exam.
0: That's amazing.
3: Yeah, and I think the application is really, really important because that's what we do in medicine. And so yeah. having a test that can assess not just your knowledge, but can you apply this knowledge that, that would give programs a really good idea about the critical thinking skills of their incoming candidates.
2: Now, and if there is an area that a, a candidate is struggling in, now really the the program has the opportunity to work with that candidate before they come into the program. So the PACAD exam is kind of, you know, you have the exam on one hand that assesses their their level of prerequisite knowledge. Then you also have a prematriculation program that some programs choose to put their candidates through. And that prematriculation program is there to specifically target those areas that a student or that a candidate may have struggled in in order to get them up to speed. So it allows them to bring in candidates that otherwise they wouldn't even have a chance to look at.
3: How is it graded? So what sort of, we get asked all the time, like, what's a good grade or like, what can I expect? So can you tell
2: our listeners a little bit about how it's actually assessed? Yeah. So the PACAT exam is, is calculated. So the score is, is a a scaled score. So they do not get a raw score or a percentage score. They're compared to their peers, to anybody that has taken the PACAT so far. And with it comes a norm table where they can read their score against other candidates so they know where they fall. And I think when it comes to the scoring girls, you want to say anything else about the scoring part?
1: It's very specific on certain subscores. It's very important that you are just aware of your knowledge. I think it's just very important that you're aware of the subscores.
0: Well, thank you so much, Daryl and Claudia. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for all the information that you shared and all the resources that you're giving applicants that are signing up for the exam. That's amazing. Where can our listeners find out more about you and sign up to take the exam?
1: The candidates can find out more about how to take and register. Register, first of all, register and purchase for the PACAT through PACAT.com. You have to go into PACAT.com to actually register and purchase your PACAT exam. And then once you actually purchase, register and purchase your PACAT exam, then you want to go over to Prometric.com to schedule your PACAT exam. That can be scheduled through a virtual proctor, or it can be scheduled within the 5,000 test centers that they offer.
3: And I know that some tests are only available at certain dates. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, can we take the PA CAT anytime, and then how long are their
1: scores good for? A virtual test can be taken anytime that a proctor is available, and according to the Prometric. And also, according to Prometric, within the test center at that time. These are things that you always want to revert back to your actual test center and Prometric side to decide when and where to take your PA CAT exam. But they are very open to your uh, availability.
2: Yeah, so we don't have blockout dates or anything. And the reason for that is that PE programs all run on different cycles.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so it's, it's impossible to to kind of have a downtime to do those statistical analysis, et cetera. So we do those on a monthly basis. So they can year, really take it year round, except for, for the end of year holidays. So that's when even prometric closes. But, you know, like Daryl already said, test centers within the U.S. are obviously open during business hours. And then the remote proctor that Daryl mentioned is available 24-7. And the, the remote proctor is available internationally, and as Daryl mentioned, the test centers are U.S. only.
3: And how long are the students' scores good for?
2: Two years. Yep, yeah, the scores are good for okay. two years.
3: Okay. So the scores are good for two years, but as soon as you register, you have five years to actually pick a date and take the exam. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Excellent. Any last thoughts about what you think our listeners need to know about the PA-CAT to be successful, to understand anything behind it, or any other tips that you want to give our listeners?
1: I think it's important to utilize your study resources. I think it's good to start with your first practice exam to to assess the knowledge that you have. That's the first thing that's very important. And then study study resource, study resource, study resource, study resource, study resource.
2: So I would say that maybe the most important thing that is, I completely understand that it's a new exam that can be daunting. I'd be scared of it, but it can only help you out. It shows programs that you are there and that you are interested in their program. You know, you have an opportunity to raise your hand and say, hey, listen, you know, maybe maybe Katie's first semester and, and her undergraduate and Claudia, they, you know, didn't spend as much time in the classroom as they maybe should have. But that doesn't mean that neither of them knows their that doesn't know they don't know their undergraduate material. So it, it really, it's really it's an opportunity to step up to the place to raise your hand and say, hey, listen, I know my stuff, regardless of what my background is on paper. Or maybe it matches my background on paper. So here you go. It, it really can't hurt you. It can only help you out.
3: Yeah, I love that positive note. You know, maybe your freshman year, as Katie said, wasn't as great as you wanted it to be. We have a lot of students who don't think that their grades often reflect their knowledge. So this is a way for them to show this is my actual knowledge. So I think that's good way of looking at
2: it. And it's tailored for the PA community. You know, it is tailored for what you need to know for PA school. And, and it gives you feedback too, right? So if you're going through the study resources and you're realizing, oh, <laughs> anatomy, maybe I should brush up on my anatomy before I go into the program. Well, well, now you know.
0: So generous. Thank you so much, Claudia. Thank you so much, Daryl. It's an yeah. honor to have you on our podcast. Yes. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you so much for listening to Where the White Coats Come Off. We are so happy to connect with you and share our passion of the PA profession. Don't forget to go to the show notes and join our super fun Pacers membership so you can start making your CASPA application more competitive today with virtual shadowing hours, coaching sessions with us, and so much more. Also in the show notes, we have a free download, an Excel PA school record keeper that mimics CASPA format. Meaning you keep all of your shadowing hours, patient care experiences, volunteer information, awards you have received, leadership roles, and the loads of other information you need to apply to PA school in one place. So you can copy paste into CASPA when you go to apply. Get it in the show notes. Have a great day and we will see you at the next episode. Keep up the awesome work.